The following sermon was delivered by Pastor Frank Griffith in the Sunday morning service at Calvary Community Church in Brentwood, California. You'll find more information at calvarytruth.org. What I want to do is have you turn to Romans chapter 8 for just a moment. It really speaks to this very issue. This is what the whole chapter, this whole chapter, Romans chapter 8, is all about how to live in the Spirit. This is how the Bible describes the atmosphere in which we live as believers. We live in the Spirit. He starts the chapter off by saying, There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free. It's given you freedom in Christ Jesus. And uh, in, this, in this passage, we want to look at just three verses. It's found in verse 8, 9, and 10, if you would turn there. This is how it reads. In verse 8 it says, those who are in the flesh, which is a description that's used throughout Romans and Paul's writings of describing a person who doesn't know Christ. And he says that those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But then he immediately says, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, since the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. That's quite a, that's quite a statement. That says that every single believer without exception, every person who's come to faith in Christ, has the Holy Spirit. That's the mark of them being followers of Jesus Christ. They have the Holy Spirit living within them. And then he says uh, in verse 10, and, it, and if Christ is in you through the body, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is life, quite literally. Your body is dead in the sense that our body apart from the supernatural work of the Spirit, will never obey God. When we were in the flesh, we did not obey God. We could not obey God. We couldn't please Him. But He says, now the Spirit has become our very life. He has come to live within us. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit. I want us to look just to notice these four things here. It says, or these three things, really. We have, first of all, we have a new freedom. When we came to faith in Christ, we gained a new freedom. Uh, we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, which means that we have been set free to know and understand God and actually care for people. It's an amazing thing to listen to a grown man weep over the fact that people don't have what they really need and they have the ability to, to, to help them. It's really it's something that God could touch your heart like that, isn't it? that he can actually teach us to love people. That's what, he, that's what he wants to do. He wants us to affect us in this way. And so I just want you to notice these three things. First of all, we have a new freedom. We're not in the flesh any longer, but we're in the spirit. This is what he says of every person who's ever put faith in Jesus Christ. So there's a, there, and, he, and he mentions three cha- four changes here. First, there's a change in realm. That is, we used to be in the flesh. That was the atmosphere in which we live, but now we live in the spirit that the Spirit of God actually moves the heart to care for God and for his people. Secondly, there's a change in reigning power. We used to be under the power of the flesh, it's called, which is really sin is, is a manifestation of our sin, our sinfulness. And really, the way, best, easiest way to describe what the flesh is, it is selfishness. It's when we want to and are driven to live for ourselves, instead of for God and his people, instead of for people who have real needs that we can meet. And so we have this, uh, we have this, this new reigning power, which is the spirit who rules our hearts. This is, this is what God has done for you as a believer. When you came to faith in Christ, he changed you. He put the spirit in you. 
and your desire is changed. And there's a change of reigning power, no longer the, the flesh, but the spirit. And then a change of law. We, the one law is called the, the law of sin and death. Now, this is law in the sense of, for example, the law of uh, gravity. What's the law of gravity? You know the first commandment? No, there's no commandments. Except don't walk off the top of the barn and, and, and fall 30 feet. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's talking of, what he's talking about, power under control. And so the new power that we are under is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. We've been taken away from the law of sin and death. And then finally, there's a change in what we produce. This is what you noticed this morning, is, is what was coming out of this man's heart, a change of product. The, the product that we used to put out was called the, the, the works of the flesh or the deeds of the flesh, selfishness. In fact, we're told in, in Galatians chapter 5, Verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are these. Have you ever noticed this in your life? Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery. The word sorcery is actually the word for drugs. It's the word pharmakia in the Greek, and it refers to turning to that kind of a, to turning to something like that in order for us to cope with life in this fallen world. Enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Galatians 4.26, Paul says this, Be angry, but do not sin. There are times to be angry, aren't there? Sometimes you watch these kind of videos and you can get angry at the people who are taking advantage of others. But he says, do not sin. And so we are, we are that, if you were to sin in your anger, that gives Satan opportunity via your moods, the moods of the flesh. He gets you to use those moods of the flesh in such a way that you do destructive things rather than building up, you're tearing down. Romans chapter 7, verse 5 says, For while we were in the flesh, that is, before we came to faith in Christ, the sinful moods were aroused by the law. Now, do you know what a mood is? You know what a mood is, right? You've seen people with a bad mood. A mood is what we feel when we feel needy, when we don't feel like we have what we need, and so we're, we're searching for something to fill that empty void, and it produces a mood. And then he says, out of that mood comes lusts, that is, desires. I need something for myself in order for me to cope with life. And then finally, the works of the flesh. So you have the moods of the flesh, the lusts of the flesh, and the work and the and the uh, works of the flesh, that this is how this internal fallenness in us always tries to keep us from doing the will of God, the very thing that God puts on our hearts to do, like you saw in those videos, that God has given you the ability to serve. I, it it kind of tickles me that uh, this guy is still touched by these things. I can remember when they, McFarlane's were here and a part of our church, and the kind of things that he, they used to be engaged in and, and were involved in, and the teaching that he used to do in our small group. And uh, one of the things that you always saw was a heart that was affected by the needs of people. I had a guy tell me, uh, it was a, a man that served in our board at Grace School of Theology. I'd known him for a long, long time. And he one time came to me and he said, or we were in a conversation, he says to me that, you know, we're losing a lot of people to this church that both of us knew about. I knew the pastor really well. He used to be there. He says, we're losing a lot of people to this church. And he says, you know why? I said, no, I don't. Do you know why? 
And he said, yeah, it's because this guy that pastors this church actually knows how to, he knows how to love people. He knows how to make people feel loved. And that's why we see people moving out of our congregation to this congregation, because they're experiencing what it's like to be loved by the living God and told so. Well, in this chapter of Romans 8, it tells us over and over and over again what God has done for us and what he wants to do through us because he's equipped us. What did he give you, this Holy Spirit? You know, there, there are groups who say you don't get the Holy Spirit until some second blessing. What the Bible teaches very clearly that every single believer has the Holy Spirit. And what our problem is, I have to learn how to live my life in relationship to the Spirit so that he can empower me to do exactly what he wants me to do. And one of the primary things, the mark of the believer, according to Francis Schaeffer, is this, is that we love each other. We actually care about each other. And that's what Jesus said. Remember the, uh, John 16, 34? or 13.34, sorry. John 13.34, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. And he says, by this men will know that you are my disciples. They'll know that you're my followers. How can you tell a Christian from a non-Christian? Is it the way they dress? Is it, is it the lifestyle? What it is, is the fact that we actually care about each other. That we hear people constantly telling us about how God has put something on their heart and they want to give themselves to it even if it's sacrificial. And then the reason is, is because you have the Spirit of God living in you. When you put faith in Christ, the Spirit came to live within you. And he produces something in your heart. And he, he causes you to really care for people. And so we have this new freedom, a change of realm, a change of law, a change of power, change of product. We start putting out the, the fruit of the Spirit. And then we have a new life. We're told in the very next verse, in verse 10, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is life, life-giving. He's the source of our life. The spirit is life because of righteousness. And then we have a new hope. And new hope means, the word hope in Scripture is always talking about the fact that our hearts are moved because God has made us promises and we believe them. God has made us promises. Do you remember when you first heard the gospel? and you were filled with hope, and so you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you came to receive exactly what God promised you? You see, this is what he gives us. He gives us hope. And the reason, and what hope is, is hope is believing in God's promises about the future. Now, if you're hopeless, it's because you either don't know the promises or you don't believe the promises. But God has made us promises, and he has given us hope. He's given us the opportunity to give our lives to something really work, worthwhile that's going to last for all eternity. And so we have this new life and we have this new hope. And the promises of God are easy to find. Just open your Bible and start looking for the promises of God. They're everywhere. God has made us promises and we can have hope for the future. I, as we sit here and watch a video like this and watch the faces of people and hear them give testimony of how God has worked in their life in the worst of circumstances. That's how he is, isn't it? When I look out over this, this small group, I, I can see faces where I know what God has done in your life. I know that God has made promises to you and he has kept those promises. And he has filled your heart with hope and trust and confidence in the living God. And so God wants to use us. He has blessed us richly 
He's given us the spirit of God to live within us in order to empower us to serve him. There's no such thing as a believer who can't serve God. It may be shocking to us at first because we're not used to experiencing God enable us to serve him in a sacrificial way. But that's exactly what he does. And it's the reason that we have this blessing, blessings in our lives. The Holy Spirit's been living inside of me all these years. There were times where I could sense it. That's how it is, isn't it? When you come to faith in Christ, and the Spirit takes up residence in you. You can actually sense the joy of having the Spirit of God alive in you. What you really find out is that when you serve in his power, he blesses you beyond your ability to even reckon. There's no end of opportunities to serve the living God. All you have to do is open your eyes and let your heart be touched. Let your heart be moved to serve the living and true God. And that's what he wants to do. This is the reason he's blessed us so richly. And so God wants you to take that. The Holy Spirit, he wants you to live your life in, in fellowship with the Spirit of God under his power to serve him. The Bible also says that every single believer has a spiritual gift, which is an ability to serve in some way. Now, I love the way Peter does it. He doesn't give us a list of 20 gifts. That's what Paul does. Paul gives us 20 gifts. Peter says you either have a speaking gift or a serving gift. God has given you a gift to serve people or to speak the truth of God so that people can come to know the truth. And whether you have the gift of speaking or the gift of serving, God wants you to use that gift. That's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4. As each one has received a special gift, use it as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I got to explain that to you. Being a steward in the first century meant that you were a servant in the household whose job was to take the resources that the, the owner of the household would provide for everyone in the household and dispense them to the people. This is what's happening when you exercise your gift. The God of the universe is providing for his people, but he wants you to dispense it. Whether that's a word or that's an act of service, it is your part in dispensing the grace of God into the lives of people. And so my heart was really moved this morning when I think about you guys <laughs> traveling all the way across the country. Even though you're in a really fancy uh, vehicle, it's still a wonderful thing that God continues to give you that heart to serve people. And we're so grateful for that. To respond to this message or learn more, please visit calvarytruth.org.